Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. It's really a, a revelation that I walk in. You may have even heard me talk about it before. And I think if I have a goal for this evening, besides honoring you all for the way that you've co-labored with us, it's that you, you would just leave with this truth stirred inside of you and that it would just change um, the way that you navigate and, and your voyage for the rest, not only of this year, but of your life. And so um, you'll see that you all have a gift at your table that is an, a necklace. And you'll also have this little card that has a ship on it with some beautiful little watercolor. And it says, she is like the merchant ships abounding with treasure. She brings her food from far away, Proverbs 31, 14. And that's the heart of what I want to talk to you about. But in the middle of the night last night, as the Lord often does, I assume for many of you, the Lord gave me a very different word than that. And so uh, we're going to marry them together because they fit together. And it was so perfect and unplanned that I knew I had to, had to deliver it. And so um, I have got to spend time this week setting up this. And, and really, this is the honor of a lifetime for me. There's literally nothing I would rather do than have a group of women gathered in unity, like stirring each other in encouragement, um, just building each other up in the Lord. This is it. What dreams are made of. For me, that is true. And, um, and so I was trying, I'd not given my team full pictures of like everything. I'd just be like, we're kind of going to be here and, and doing this, and I would describe sort of where the table started and where that it ended. And we actually had 40 on our RSVP list, which is really cool because 40 presents all kinds of um, biblical principles and numbers. And so um, until later today, the, earlier today, there were 40 seats set up here, and it literally stretched the length of the chapel. And before I say any more, I need to pray real quick. Lord, I thank you for your presence here. I thank you for your living word, God, that it come alive right now, Father, that you just, um, you ignite the fire within us, God, that purifies and refines, and that we just be vessels, God, that receive, that receive life from your word, not just in what I'm going to share, but in the rest of the evening as well, God. You're welcome here. Thank you, God, for your word. Amen. So anyway, in describing where and how this table was set up in the middle of the night, the Lord said, I'll tell you how the table's set up. And I'm, okay. It's between the porch and the altar. It's between the porch and the altar. If you know that word, you know your Old Testament. If you don't, I'm about to read to you about the porch and the altar. And we're going to talk about what that significance is of being... 40 women gathered between the porch and the altar. So in the book of Joel, I'm going to start with a passage that you probably do know because we see it a lot in the New Testament. It's the promise of the Holy Spirit. This is Joel chapter 2, 
Verse 28, it shall come about after this that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. We're going to do that in a little bit. Your men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Everybody knows that passage? Back up earlier in the chapter, Joel chapter 2, verse 17. Let the priests and the ministers of the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. And let them say, have compassion and spare your people, O Lord. Do not make your inheritance, I might need a Kleenex if anyone has a Kleenex or a napkin around. Do not make your inheritance an object of of ridicule or a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? So that's kind of the win of this passage, W-H-E-N, when when the priest and the ministers of the Lord gather between the porch and the altar and begin to cry out and intercede on behalf of those who are not between the porch and the altar, who do not walk in the revelation, that they're ministers. When that happens, there's a then. I read you the end of the then. The end of the then is the promise of the Spirit. That's the reality we live in today. But there's more. Deliverance promise. Joel chapter 2, verse 18. Then the Lord will be jealous for his land and will have compassion on his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I am going to send you grain, new wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied in full with them. I want to say that again. Grain, new wine, oil. I will never again, make you an object of ridicule among the nations. I'm going to skip down to verse 23. So rejoice, O children of Zion, and delight in the Lord your God. He is giving you the early rain and vindication, and he has poured down the rain for you. The early autumn rain and the late rain is before. The threshing floors shall be full of grain. The vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. And I will compensate you for the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, the creeping locusts, the stripping locusts, and the great gnawing locusts, my great army, which I sent among you. And you will have plenty to eat and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. You shall know without a doubt that I am in your midst and that I am the Lord your God and there's no other, and that my people will never be put to shame. Again, the promise of the Spirit, and it shall come about after this, that I shall pour out my Spirit on all mankind, and your sons and daughters will prophesy, and your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions, even on the male and female servants. I will pour out my Spirit in those days. Isn't that an encouraging passage as we're gathered between the porch and the altar? And so I wanted to stir first gratitude. When this was written, which actually there's a great question about when this was written, but regardless of that exact time frame without dispute, it would be true that women would be in a far outer court, not near the porch and the altar. The porch and the altar might look, some, just pretend it's the size of this room, and then maybe over um, in the neighbor's backyard over there on the other side of the street, that's where the women could gather. And that was the design of how the Levitical and priestly system worked at that time. 
And so these people, these priests, these men who would gather between the porch and the altar and intercede to God on behalf of the women, on behalf of the nation, that, that was part of the mechanism of ministry that God had called them to. But women had no role in that. And so that's then. And certainly we are now in a new covenant. We are all ministers of a new covenant. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says that we're a kingdom of priests. If you're following Jacob Sheriff's teaching, that should be very clear at this point. We are priests. We are ministers. But I, what I really want us to grab onto is in this passage in verse 17 where it says, Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar and intercede on behalf of the people so that God might do all these things that involve the wine, the oil, the grain, the satisfaction, the poured out spirit. When Jesus came and initiated the, the new ministry, the new covenant that we are in, he became the forever priest that got down out of, and off of his royal throne, and he stood as our high priest in between the porch of the altar, and he wept, and he interceded, and he got an agreement with Father God asking, don't put those people to shame. If they'll line up with me, if they'll line up with me, let's bring them into this blessing. And that's the reality that we walk in, that we have Jesus as a high priest on our behalf that's continually making this intercession for us, not far away, like we're not over in the backyard anymore. This very passage tells us that he is in our midst doing this. Romans chapter 8 tells us that both Jesus and the Holy Spirit intercede on our behalf. So there's this reality that we live in the revelation that Jesus stood between the porch and the altar so that we might have the opportunity to live in this superior reality under the promise of the Holy Spirit with his very spirit inside of us. So what does that have to do with a ship? And what does that have to do with Proverbs 31? I'm so glad that you asked. <laughs> Proverbs 31. We'll probably come back to Joel in just a second. Proverbs 31, verse 14. And if I lose you saying Proverbs 31, I just want to encourage you to ask the Lord to give you a fresh lens on that passage. If that's one that's like, ugh, again, at a women's ministry, they're going to read Proverbs 31. I interpret Proverbs 31 highly spiritually. That is the lens that I view it through. I view it as the bride of Christ, foreshadowing the bride of Christ. And so when I read this a few years ago, I got so excited that she, I, you, we are like the merchant ships abounding with treasure. She brings her household's food from far away. So I want you to think back to the passage of Joel that we just talked about. When there was this instance where these royal priests stood between the porch and the altar, and they cried out to God for his favor and his blessing upon a people who were not walking right with him. God heard their prayer. God answered, and what did he say? I'm going to give you all the grain, all the oil, all the wine. You're going to eat and be satisfied year-round. I'm going to give you all the rains to make those things happen. And I love that the beauty of what Christ did for us in in his ministry on earth, coming between the porch and the altar so that then he could go into the mercy seat on the Holy of Holies. He puts us in a position 
that yes, we must intercede. We must intercede on behalf of people. But he puts us in a position of go. We know that from the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations. Go and tell people that I heard the cry of the high priest between the porch and the altar, that the work is finished. And now, women, you don't have to stand way back over there. You can come straight through the porch and the altar. You can go straight into the Holy of Holies and find a high priest who sympathizes with you, who is rich and abundant in grace and mercy. So our opportunity is not just to remain between the porch and the altar, because when we're saved, really we're seated and we're hidden in Christ. So wherever he is, we are there in proximity. We are there in location. He has been in between the porch and the altar. He is still interceding on our behalf, but he's also in the heavenly places in the Holy of Holies. And from our revelation of that, I just want you to close your eyes. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to picture whatever sea is familiar to you, whatever ocean or body of water is familiar to you. And I want you to picture this huge ship and vessel, and there's a flag on it. And that flag, it says, the priest and the priest's daughter. And I want you to imagine that you walk closer to that ship, and as you get closer, you realize that there are crew members on it that look like the women in this room, that there are maps that you didn't know to prepare, and as you step closer and closer to the ship, you realize that this ship has been chartered for you because you have a place to go. You have a destination to go and to bring something back very important that is going to change the lives of those in your community. Open your eyes. So when I read this passage about she's like the ship, the, ship, the merchant ship, that she brings these treasured things from afar, I picture me sailing upward into the heavenly places, into the holy of holies, and bringing back through the promise of the poured out spirit the new wine for my friends, the new grain for my neighbors. Whatever is needed, it's there and it's satisfying and there's enough for everyone to be full, but it has to come on ships. I don't know if you are aware that we have supply issues in the United States right now. How many of you have been somewhere recently and they did not have something that you needed in a restaurant? Yeah. Mom, what is something that you guys don't have right now? Yeah, she doesn't have tall plastic cups right now. Anyone want to guess where they are? They're in the Pacific Ocean. There are, there are ships that have been chartered that are full of supplies and there's no one that's willing to work the ships. There are ports that are closed for a variety of issues. And it's a real thing in the United States. And that's why I felt so stirred to bring this tonight. Because in the same way that we are having supply chain issues of things coming into our nation, each of you represents a ship that God has stocked with things from the heavenly places, from the holy of holies that he is waiting for you. And many of you are, you are walking and you are sailing in this, and I just commend you to keep doing that. But there are people waiting on the supply on your ship. And it's not just um, the grain and the oil and the wine. It's the fruit of the Spirit. 
love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. As much as all of us can say, oh yeah, we've seen a tangible supply issue. How many of you have seen a fruit of the Spirit supply issue? (laughs) Hopefully not since you've been here. (laughs) But that is what the bride of Christ is likened to. That merchant ship that is bringing her goods from afar. If you look up that word, if you went to Bible Hub or, or Blue Letter Bible, the word food, she brings her household food or goods from afar. You know what you're going to find? Oil, grain, wine. The same things in Joel 2. It's the same word. And so I just want to encourage you to walk in that revelation that your life matters that much. Your life matters that much, just like the ships that we are waiting to come into the port so that we can have the supplies we need to live the life that we are used to living here. God has so many assignments on the other side of your voyage, on the other side of your deployment of going and coming, and it's never going to be alone. It's never going to be alone because we are a kingdom of priests, and we all have the same commission. And you know what? We can go farther. We can go longer. We can go with greater measure and greater consistency when we get in community with people that know the waters. Jesse saying a while ago, you make me brave. You call me out beyond the shore into the waves. You make me brave. The Lord spoke a, a word to me in my heart recently, not related to this, but I'm going to share it with you now from Acts 23. After Paul had been through all of these ups and downs of getting beat up and stoned and imprisoned, the Lord appears in a jail cell next to him. And he doesn't take him out of the jail cell in this case. He just speaks a word over him. And that word is tharseo, which is be brave, take courage. You've been faithful, but you still have to go and testify in Rome. And you know why Paul had to get on a ship and go to Rome? Because he spent years there and there were people whose lives are transformed that our very names may be written in the book of life because his ship took him there. There's a great need for you ladies to embrace the reality that you are a merchant ship that brings goods from afar. And those goods are available to you because the Holy Spirit has been poured out on you because Jesus came down, stood between the porch of the altar, renamed us all priest, priest, kingdom, daughter, priest. And we go out in that commission and that authority. So do whatever you want with that. I I sent someone a picture of this and said, could you put me together just a something that um, will remind these ladies of this as they go about their lives and their various callings. And I love that Anchors ended up on most of these because she wouldn't have had a lot of knowledge that we've already had some experience with Anchors this year. How many of you have had to lean into hope this year as an anchor? (laughs) And you know what? When we take up this commission to be merchant ships that bring the treasured goods from far away, we have to know how to use hope as an anchor in the right places. The waters are calling for you, ladies. This is who God says you are. I'm just echoing what I've heard and what I've walked in. With that, I am going to just pray that this settles into your spirit, and I'm going to declare over all of us and thank God that it has come about in this day that because Christ ministered in life between the porch and the altar and interceded on our behalf, 
that now we are satisfied with new grain, new wine, new oil. And Lord, you have poured your spirit out on each of us and that we, your daughters, will prophesy and that we will dream dreams, we will see visions, and that you will pour your spirit out no matter what our state and no matter what our commissioner voyage is in these days, the ones that we live in. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 